Hello there, and welcome to the What The Fun Show. My name is Mike, and today we are reviewing Obi-Wan Episode 6. Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 6, sorry. Part 6. Uh, the series, the season finale, hopefully just season finale, maybe we'll get more adventures, but I am joined by my co-host here. We got Justin. How you doing today, Justin? Good. Ready to talk about V1. Yeah, sure. Version one is sure. <laughs> Roman numerals. Our list. Six. Yeah. Gotcha. Yes. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Thank that you. voice, uh, Joe, how are you doing today? I am doing wonderful. I uh, I enjoyed this episode. Let's talk about it. Yes, let's do it. Before we do, just a little bit of housekeeping. Listeners, we need your help. Um, I've been doing some research and just like everything that we really could do on the social media side a lot of times is just so, so, uh, it's, it's an ill effort, unfortunately, because you can't really grow anymore on Twitter unless you got that blue check mark. So we need your help. Leave reviews. That is the best way that we will get our podcast out there to listeners. So please, if you're on Apple podcasts, listening to our voice, to my voice right now, would you please help us out and leave a review? It would, we would very much appreciate it. It would help the, what the fun network out so much. And we thank you in advance. Gentlemen, Obi-Wan part six, Obi-Wan Kenobi part six. Uh, you guys, I was going through all of the episodes with just a big old smile on my face. And I think I may have broke my jaw after this episode with that <laughs> smile. Um, yeah. So uh, let's get into it. If you have not watched Obi-Wan episode six, Obi-Wan Kenobi part six, this is your official spoiler warning. Hey, you. What's that? What are you doing? Who, me? Do you want to be spoiled? No? Well then... Stop it. Get some help. So you don't feel like this guy. Instead, let it be a surprise. Oh, I like surprises. So go watch the thing before you move on in the podcast, okay? Alrighty then. All right, so that was your official spoiler warning. Once again, if you have not seen part six of Obi-Wan Kenobi, please... Pause this episode and go watch it. All right, so Reva, guys, actually arrives on Tatooine, and she is looking for Luke. She, as you guys remember, past episode. <clears throat> Tell me, Pope. Uh, Justin, by the way, awesome, awesome review uh, for our last episode. <laughs> go check that out. We'll have it linked down. Uh, that was really funny. Hopefully um, the message yes. got through. I was on the run, so hopefully the message yes. got through to you guys. It, it did it get did. through. Did, okay. um, but I gotta admit, Joe, I'm gonna give the floor to you because if you didn't have me thinking about tummy pokes this whole episode, I I don't know <laughs> what I was. I don't. It was all your fault. I was Bruh. literally thinking, dude. Tummy pokes are real. Qui Qui Gon Jinn literally should be alive right now, <laughs> and. Yeah, it's just it's insane. I said she's, it when she's we were reviewing the prequels. I think uh, Darth Maul's <laughs> lightsaber was a little bit more powerful. Uh, and uh, yeah, Darth Maul, he he killed him. <laughs> he actually used the force to explode his internal organs when he exactly. stabbed him. It wasn't exactly. just a tummy poke. Yeah. It was okay. a tummy poke with a force explosion, which we yes. didn't know was real until now. It's canon. Yeah. You're welcome. Did, did you not yeah. see those horns? It happened. Okay. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, Reva's, she's not okay, but she's alive. Um, no, she's, she's all moany groany. Yeah, she's, she's whimpering and yeah, she's definitely hurt and she's uh, not limping, but she, she can show, she's got some wear on her at this point. And anyone, yeah, she got, right? She, she got a nice bandage, yeah. a scarf tied around her, her yeah, midsection. And like, I couldn't tell if that was just like a colored scarf or like, I I really liked it. If it was blood, like if it was saturated in blood, I really liked that immersion level mm -hmm. um, to, to that tummy poke because mm -hmm. we didn't get to see that with the Grand Inquisitor. Um, spoiler alert, he's not dead with his tummy poke. So only Qui-Gon Jinn cannot survive <laughs> tummy uh, so, pokes in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, canon-wise, with the Grand Inquisitor, the uh, the species of Grand Inquisitor actually has two stomachs. So that's what they're claiming. Uh, it got poked through one of the stomachs, but the other stomach was still functioning, and that's why the Grand Inquisitor is back. Reva, on the other hand, uh, yeah, Qui Gon, come on now. All right, 
<laughs> Maybe Anakin just has bad that, aim. That's a true thing. Bad aim with two lightsabers? <laughs> yeah, really bad aim. <laughs> All right. Um, so anyway, Reva's on Tatooine. She's going to be looking for Luke. Um, and this is what's this is going on while Vader is actually pursuing Kenobi and the path with his star destroyer. Um, and man, I got, I got some really good vibes from this scene. Just like this kind of like chase scene. You, it it mm-hmm. felt OG star Wars trilogy, just a, like this, this huge star destroyer following this like mini millennium Falcon in a sense, you know, just like it did have some of those vibes, had some those, of those vibes. feels, but it pulled me out of a little bit was I felt like it wasn't done that well. Like the maneuvers were like really hard and and like jerky. And I understand like you'd want that like for evasiveness, but I thought it wasn't done very well. I was a little disappointed. Like the ship wasn't changing any of its like, uh, what is that? Aft yaw tilting stuff like that. So I was, I was a little disappointed by that, but it did feel very old school. A uh, little throwback to, yeah, back in the day being yeah. chased by Star Destroyer or Star Destroyer? Cruiser? Yeah, Star Destroyer. Nope. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Justin, what did you think of this, like, chase scene a little bit of uh, Star so, Wars? So, like, <laughs> uh, this episode is one of my top episodes. Usually the finale does hit hard, but uh, for cinematography sense, uh, this episode had one of the best flows to it uh, for a, a, a close knit story to conclude and also like bring in some new stuff. And we see a bunch of cool stuff. I think the flow of this episode was very good from coming from episode five where the mm-hmm. stakes were high and there was a great action sequence and it was almost nearly perfect. You've got this one kind of starting that incline of a new climax and it, it gets your heart racing right out the gate with this chase. And then you see more action come to fold later on. So I feel like yeah. flow wise perfection on this episode. They did I, such I, a good job. I'm going to second that. I, I think I agree completely. Even with the moments where they're taking away from the, from the star Wars chase, you know, of the star destroyer, you know, trying to pursue that cruiser that they're on. Mm-hmm. And just like the moments that they take away from like showing Vader talking to the Grand Inquisitor and showing Kenobi talking to the path and especially Leia. Like I really thought the tension and mm-hmm. the the acting here was really, really good. And it and it kind of it kind of surprised me because we we come of the reason why it surprised me is because we come we come from a background of like really enjoying like MCU movies and like the new wave of like Disney stuff and a lot of that tension they, they don't really they don't really live in that tension because because at least MCU speaking there's a, always a joke made or something mm-hmm. like that and they yeah. they don't live in that tension whereas here no jokes were made the tension was expected and welcomed and it worked so well within those within those small vignettes that you get while the yeah. star destroyer is trying to destroy you know uh not not to lead into what's coming in the future for our fans but uh lord of the rings does this very well as well and that's why this this is uh similar for me in a sense of all this action is happening. You're seeing this, this, these tensions high and, and crucial moments happening. And then it cuts to another thing that's happening as well that is just as impactful. But you're sitting there like, I want to see more of that. I want to see more of that. But then there's another thing hitting you from a different point of view or a different angle. And it's all combining and threading well. And I feel like, yeah, Lord of the Rings is coming. Fans, listen. But uh, – <laughs> But this did it so well in a singular episode of just seeing that tension and then cutting to something else happening that's also <clears> very <throat> tense. And it and it just intertwined it. That's what Disney does best. And I know we've we've praised them before for it. I feel like this episode, just the, the, those tensions and then the switch, it, it was so well done. The flow was so perfect on this mm-hmm. episode. Um, yeah, Joe, I, I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you know this, but we're doing Lord of the Rings here soon reviews. Did you know? Never, never heard of it. What is it? (laughs) Never heard of Lord of the Rings. Let's stick with Star Wars for now though. All right. It's cool. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. Thank you for that foreshadow, Justin. Um, so, so realizing that there is no other way Kenobi actually separates from the group so that the path can escape. Um, and that's, that's one thing where like, that's one. I mean, like Kenobi leaving 
the ship wouldn't necessarily stop them from or wouldn't necessarily help the path escape, but it it does. I mean, it seems mm-hmm. like Vader must have given the Grand Inquisitor, you know, hey, stay here. Don't don't follow. Kenobi is the person that we want. Um, but but yeah, they Kenobi separates. He goes to a planet. Don't know the name of the planet. Justin, did you do any research on that? Uh, I've watched the episode twice, but I did not catch the name. I I just know that okay. it's nearby, okay. and uh, it it looked a lot better than your backyard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little different. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, you guys, this was this was the bulk of the episode. It was Vader meeting Obi Wan um, on this planet and duking it out. Uh, and dare I say? And disagree with me if you want, but dare I say, this fight scene between them two rivals uh, the one from Revenge of the Sith. Um, rivals their other fight as, scene? <laughs> yeah, as far as quality, as far as epicness, yeah. as far as, dang, this is some good Star Wars. Joe? I, think it, I think it beat it. Like, yeah. maybe unpopular opinion, but I think it was better. Uh and I think it was better for a couple reasons. I think the biggest one was when they would cut away like, and give you something else to think about and then come back to it. Uh, mm-hmm. For me, that was that was better than just a, a huge... And they did that in the other one, to be, to be yeah. like, completely fair. They did that in the other one. Uh, but the cutting away and coming back to it, for, for me, it just does something else. It does something different. Yeah. Uh, like you were saying, you don't get any, any alleviation of that tension that has been building. They were just compounding it. They were like, all right, well, they've got this epic fight happening between uh, Vader and Obi-Wan. And I would say Anakin and Obi-Wan, but there's a reason that I'm not. So between Vader and Obi-Wan, we have this epic fight. And then we're switching off of that onto Reva infiltrating Owen and Beru's farm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, then, so let's let's pause there because I I kind of want to maybe end the podcast and and our focus on those fight scenes between him and Vader. But Justin, let's let me switch to Owen and Baru trying to protect Luke. Rave is on the hunt. What did you think about these type these scenes that were you know intertwined with this Darth Vader fight? You know, this was the opposite side of it. You don't get the space wizards. You get normal people running a farm that need to defend their family. And Buru just is all for it. You know, we knew this day would come. We've got these guns, hold our ground. They're going to come at night as if she's like all knowing about what Reva's going to do, but it worked out and it, and it, and it was phenomenal to see normal people fight for something they believe in as well as cutting straight to the space wizards as it is. Uh, I think this was the other half of the the situation that we needed to see to make this flow so well together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, using everyday items, what they know as weapons and, and mm-hmm. protecting what they can to give the time for Luke to run. Uh, I feel like this was really well done, well shot. Uh, communication between uh, Owen and Brew were on, spot on, the acting quality. Mm-hmm. And then Reva coming in, you know, all powerful, almost getting shot a couple times, but... Uh, you know, it, yeah, it was I, mean, good. I don't, I don't know if all, I don't know if all powerful is the right term just cause she does have that tummy poke, but, but you're right. I mean, even with a tummy poke, a, a Sith inquisitor is better than two people with regular blasters. looking rifles that she yeah, blast rifle. you know? <laughs> so Yeah. She's a force um, to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. Pun intended. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> did you guys get like birth of the rebellion vibes from that? Like the normal people, the everyday folk fighting back against the Imperial army or inquisitors in this. And like, that's, that's what it did for me. It was like, it kind of okay, brought me back is... to the book of Boba Fett's finale where the town was protecting itself with a little bit of help on the side. I felt the same kind of vibes. The, the, you know, normal people believing in what they believe in and fighting for it. Uh, yeah. it, it normalizes and uh, humanizes it for the audience. And I really like that a lot. Yeah. I mean, I will echo that sentiment there, Joe, because what you're talking about is the rebellion who they see the bigger picture of what is happening in star Wars, right? Like this Mm -hmm. empire is not a good thing, but 
what Star Wars boils down to, unfortunately, as of this moment, and I hope that they deviate from this for the future, but as of this moment, it boils down to the Skywalkers. And so Owen and Baru understand the importance of who they are protecting. Yeah. Um, because they know who his father is. They know mm-hmm. who his mother was. They they know the whole story. And so I think you're totally right that like this is this is just one of those rebellion type scenes that like they are rebels in their own way because because they're trying to stop the inquisitors, the empire from finding out that Luke is Luke is a Skywalker, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we got another scene when they're fleeing uh, on when Obi-Wan and them are fleeing. And uh, uh, I don't remember the guy's name, but the uh, the one who's the leader of the path, um, he and everyone on board is like, we need to protect. Yeah, we need to protect Obi-Wan. We need to protect you. And Obi-Wan's sitting there like, you guys are the future. You're mm-hmm. the future. He's, you know, he's looking mm-hmm. at Leia. You're the future. Like, it's not me. It's you guys. And he's understanding his place in this and that, you know, it's not about him surviving. It's not about him, you know, being around later to continue the Jedi or anything like that. It's about making it possible for everyday people, those who don't want to be under the rule of, of you know, the Empire, mm-hmm. making sure that they have a chance. And mm-hmm. I think ultimately that's what led to the end of the episode, right? Is he, he stopped thinking about himself at all. He completely gave up self and kind of gave into whatever happens. And in so doing opened himself up to the force. Yeah. And that is O'Shea Jackson Jr. Uh, playing Roken, who's kind of the Roken. leader of the path there. Yeah. Ice cube. Yeah. Ice cube. Song. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. Um, you know, Reva, she's she's there. She's she eventually gets to the point where she does catch up to Luke. Luke had to end up fleeing. Reva does have enough strength to kind of defeat Owen and Baru in a sense. But Luke Luke is Luke's on the run and Reva catches up to him. She force pulls him down like the mountain, hits a rock kind of, and it then he's he's knocked out. Yeah, he's knocked mm-hmm. out unconscious. And Reva has a choice. And uh, Justin, what did you think about this choice, this scene? I think this was a callback as well uh, to when Vader was walking towards her in the last episode. You saw, you know, the the original Anakin. You saw the fear as as a youngling. But instead, she was playing the role as Anakin. She was playing the role as Darth Vader. And it was a hard cut here of seeing herself down there on Tatooine and the emotions, the the turning point, mm-hmm. the decisions that she has to make and what's going to lead into hopefully her own series uh, was phenomenal. I think that this scene showed how good Riva is and how good she can be uh, and what she really, truly wants in her heart and how she feels about um, the Empire as a whole. Uh, she she fears letting them down. She fears, you know, not becoming who she's supposed to be in their eyes. But mm-hmm. She's just so strong as an individual with the force. She she's so strong on the good side, the light of the light side of the force. She can't do it. She can't slay. She can't do what Anakin did. She can't yeah. do that. She can't walk that path because it's just not her. That's she's not that person. She's not yeah. the evil individual that they want her to be. And yeah. that just shows so much character development from the first episode all the way to the finale. Mm-hmm. You see her anger. You see her her fear, her sadness, you see a, an evil character in a sense become something else and have more depth to them. And that's so good. And I, I, yeah. I, I hate all the backlash that they have on the internet and everything. And all the people that are talking all this terrible, all the terrible things about her. I think she was phenomenal and I think she did a great job and I can't wait to see more yeah. of her. Um, this yeah, episode Moses did, really Moses showed did it. an awesome job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She did a great job for sure. Yeah, Joe, kind of uh, Reva's arc here is kind of coming to the end, but it almost, like you said, it it kind of almost portrays portrays the opposite of what 
Anakin went down and you mm-hmm. kind of get this climax here in that in that scene Joe comments uh I think that what most people might miss on this is how it parallels Obi-Wan's choice um because he had the choice to finish Anakin uh mm-hmm. on Mustafar right in Revenge of the Sith uh, to deal a death blow, right? He could have dealt the death blow and known that he had killed him. Uh, I think she is faced with that same choice. She knows who this kid is. She understands that it's Anakin's son. She knows that she can get revenge on Anakin by killing his son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she can't do it. She can't do it because she sees herself in him. She can't do it because mm-hmm. regardless of lack of relationship or knowing who this kid is she understands what it is to be them like she she gets it on all too real of a level uh Mm -hmm. and she can't she can't do it which i think lets her understand where obi-wan was at he couldn't kill his brother Mm -hmm. his best friend Mm -hmm. he couldn't deal that death blow and so he just left him he left him to die yes but he couldn't he couldn't Pulled the trigger, so to speak. He yeah. couldn't. He couldn't deal that blow that would absolutely seal the fate of his friend, and neither could yeah. she. And that, and that speaks to you know their character and who they are as a person. Spoilers! It happens yeah. again. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, Joe, you uh, you uh, without maybe even trying, but you did allude to. Oh, I knew uh, what I was our, doing. Okay, our uh, Darth <laughs> Vader and Obi Wan fight scene here. So. Um, Let's get into that. I might I be bold? Would you guys? No, you, would go you ahead. guys care if I'm bold? Okay. This was one like th- this show has some of the best choreographed fight scenes in all of Star Wars. Like, and this is going back to Episode Five, uh, when he fights Riva. And then this fight with Obi-Wan, like, man, I like this whole show, I've been so joyous, but even before the climax of, of the fight specifically between Kenobi and Vader in this episode, cause there is a climax. There is, there is that moment where you think, you know, we think that Obi-Wan is sort of defeated, but even before that, like the, the choreography, the the way that each of them kind of uses the force, the way mm-hmm. that Obi-Wan is getting back in tune with his lightsaber, I just had so much joy during this fight. So um so basically, yeah, uh Vader based he he defeats um Obi-Wan uh throughout that whole thing. He kind of defeats him. And one of the things that we've talked about here on the show is that like Vader has so much power and you kind of see it exemplified here. Uh so Justin, talk about that. Let's talk about let's talk about let's break it up into two sections. Let's talk about the fight kind of before um, Obi-Wan is trapped under the rocks and then after. So let's start with the before. What did you think of all of this? So opening quotes, uh, Vader basically asks, are you here to destroy me, Obi-Wan? And Obi-Wan says, I'm, I'm going to do what I have to do, uh, which is basically telling Vader that if I need to kill you, I will kill you. Uh, just the, like you said, the choreography in the show is phenomenal with these lightsaber duels. Uh, I feel like the the usage of force and using the rocks uh, to show the strength of Vader yet again. Uh, you know, Obi-Wan tries to collapse a, a pillar on him and he just holds it and then chucks it like it was a, a piece of paper. Like no issue at all when Obi-Wan's struggling with it, uh, which, which changes for sure. Uh, and then Vader kind of leaves him for dead, thinking that he's dead uh, as well. Which is kind of a the other the other side of the blade, you know. Uh, Vader collapses or makes him fall through a hole in the ground and collapses and throws rocks on top of him and basically says, "You're you're this is your failure," and leaves him for dead. Uh, and little do we know, Obi Wan, of course, is underneath using the force <laughs> to make a pocket of stone. Yeah, and then he starts getting the quotes, the the, the meaningful quotes. All the way from, uh, you know, the old school stuff into the new uh, show that we're listening to when Vader said, I am what you made me to end it. 
And mm-hmm. such such a powerful moment there. I was I was hoping to get more quotes from other Jedi's, but he didn't he didn't really need that. This was about him finding uh, how to let go of himself and, and become atoned with the Force, like Joe said earlier. This is all about how he feels like a failure to Anakin, and this is how he mm-hmm. uh, changes into the uh, the next fight, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'll lead you over there. Uh, go ahead with that one. Uh, Joe, anything before the the rock scene, and then we could go to afterwards. Uh, I think it was covered pretty well. Uh, just the okay. the displays of force were were really cool. Uh, you get to see, yeah, you get to see Obi Wan struggle a little bit, uh, especially trying to force that thing over on on Darth Vader, and then yeah, like Justin said, Vader just flicks it away. I mean, flicks that <laughs> thing away like a like a booger off his finger, just <laughs> boom, gone. Uh, there was some stuff that we saw that we have not seen before with Vader creating the pit, breaking the ground, using the force mm-hmm. to crumble everything. That was cool. Uh, that was epic. When they set up, uh, so when Obi-Wan first sets up, uh, just in his stance, uh, total throwback to how to he is. In, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. The the classic, yeah, over his head. Like, yeah. it was mm-hmm. it was amazing to see. I loved that. Uh, and yeah, I mean, we know Disney's amazing at at just throwing in those little Easter eggs for the, for the fans, fan service, putting the things in that yeah. we know and we love. Uh, mm-hmm. They did it again. They killed it. Uh, they did a really good job on this fight scene. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to get to the next part. Yeah. I mean, taking, taking that, you know, that, that scene there with Vader, just, just like you're talking about just complete power, just ground smash, like Hulk smash, basically, you know, get Obi-Wan into this hole. And, and as, you know, as you were, as you guys were talking about, like Obi-Wan is kind of holding this pocket in the rocks and he's getting those quotes, like you said, Justin, and like, you can't help but think that like, maybe Obi-Wan still has this glimmer of hope that Vader is the chosen one still. Like, that like his training of Anakin Skywalker was not in vain, you know, and that mm-hmm. he still had something to prove to Anakin uh, here. And so, yeah, uh, things are about to go down because Obi Obi Wan uh, he's no longer in that pocket. He force pushes all of the rocks off of him uh, mm-hmm. because he has kind of like this newfound uh, connection and and uh, you know purpose with the Force again. Jumps out of there. Um, Vader's on his way back to his ship, and then Obi Wan just shows up out of nowhere, and obviously Vader uh, senses him. And yeah, like the one the one thing that they did so good in this series is not only not only show the power of Vader, but then to, sh- to then to display the true power of Obi Wan. Yeah. And his and his wielding of the force, it was a sight to behold, guys. It was it was so epic. Obi-Wan's my favorite Star Wars character. Um so like this was just this was just icing on the cake. Um <laughs> you know, you get you get again once again you get the awesome choreography with the lightsabers and then you get Obi-Wan literally Raising his arms side to side and an armada of boulders. We're talking boulders are behind him oh, yeah. ready to destroy Vader. Um, Joe, talk me through some of the stuff you liked. <laughs> uh, I liked all of it. Let's be real. Space Wizards, right? We've we've talked about it <laughs> since since the beginning of our Star Wars coverage here. I love Space Wizards. I love uh, I'm a huge high fantasy nerd. I'm a big sci-fi nerd. Uh, anything that can combine those things, especially like this, the Sith and the Jedi, uh, where they can uh, manipulate matter with their minds. Uh, yeah, he picks up. I mean, we're talking a football field worth of worth of boulders here, and he just starts firing them away one at a time, or several, you know, just in succession, quick succession, like a machine gun at Vader. And Vader is hit with this barrage of rocks and boulders, and he's put onto, you know his heels he's put on into a defensive mode and instead of being the aggressor where he thrives uh which is what we always known anakin to thrive as the aggressor he struggles when he's put on his heels he struggles when he's put into a defensive position mm-hmm. and he has to play off you know off of his back and uh 
And that's, that's what happened. He struggled. He, he was put into an uncomfortable position when he's not good in. And, uh, Obi-Wan knows that he is his master. He was the guy who trained him or he was his master, uh, foreshadow. And he was the guy who trained him. He knows how he works. And we got a really good look at that in episode five, where we have the flashbacks. Uh, we understand that, uh, Anakin is sort of handicapped by his anger and his aggression. He can't see how everything's going to play out. And that's what happened in this, uh, this fight. It was beautifully done. The coloring in it, the, like the CG wasn't overdone. The coloring yeah. was perfect. You got this kind of dark green, black, uh, scape to go off of the sky. Wasn't it brilliant. It was just so good. <laughs> it was wonderful because it also played so well against the red and blue of the lightsaber and mm-hmm. the black yeah. of Darth Vader. And then Darth Vader has, you know, the red and green buttons and switches on him. But Obi-Wan has nothing except for his outfit and his blue saber Darth Vader essentially just all black in his red saber. You have a perfect green and black backdrop to put it on, uh, kind of a, f- a show of force, so to speak. The force is, you know, as we've seen in past, is kind of that that greenish glow, um, and all of it, yeah, just kind of comes this beautiful conclusion where Anakin is put back into the same position that he was in before on Mustafar, kneeling before Obi Wan. Yeah. And that fight was like, we'll never do it justice here with words. Uh, so you just need to watch it again. If you've already yeah. seen it, just go watch it again and experience it one more time because it was beautifully done. Choreography, amazing. amazing. Uh, and then what it leads to is this great interaction between Anakin, AKA Vader and Obi-Wan. And we get to yeah. hear what truly happened. Yeah, so let, let's save that for a little bit because I want to get to Justin here. You are our resident cinematography guy, so do you agree with all of that that Joe just said with like the colors and the beauty of this fight scene? <laughs> well, I did say it was near perfect. Uh, it's pretty pretty dang close, if not perfect. Uh, to, to move back just a tad, uh, I know we've talked about Lord of the Rings. A different movie we reviewed was The Matrix, and when Obi-Wan came out of that rock cluster i i got very strong callbacks to when neo got shot in the hallway and got back up i i got mm-hmm. those i'm the one that's gonna stop this i'm the one that's gonna yeah. make a change here and the power that he wields once he gets out of that rock cluster and comes back at vader from a cinematography sense with this fight you get one of the things they use very very um rarely in star wars i wish they would do it more often is when you have a duel going on on the ground they use an aerial view panning to the right of all these columns of rock around them and you just see the lightsabers going at it from a distance before they move into that close view and that sets the tone you know you see this from a distance you see the the mm. tension and the aggression in these in these swipes of the lightsaber and the color tones like joe said perfect on top the the fights the anger one of the other things that star wars does well here is they kind of cut during the action and have a line or two with of dialogue, and then they go back into the fight, and it really, uh, it really carbonites the uh, the the <laughs> the feelings that we have to these characters because we do care about them, regardless if they're the Empire or the Rebellion. You've got good versus evil and characters that we grew up knowing, and they each have emotions that we care about. So yeah. to get those conversations of dialogue throughout, and then to see Obi Wan at full force like he he used to be that that's where it's at uh yeah phenomenally done disney hats off to you seriously you did a great job with this finale um and we're not even done yet there's still more to go (laughs) yeah um yeah i mean like it uh i think they again learned from their lesson deborah chow uh directed all of these episodes Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean uh like you, when you were when you were talking there, Justin, like it just kind of reminded me of just like how again I, I've I've said it a couple times how joyous I am throughout this because like it it even though like in the prequels specifically you do see some moments of like Anakin and Obi Wan as like these powerful space wizards, mm-hmm. but like nothing to this point, and that no. that's what you get that's what you get with uh you know one of our favorite movies on the panel rogue one at the end of at the end of rogue one you get to see the power of darth vader and like that's what 
that's what makes this show so special to me. Like this is, this is potentially one of my top, one of my favorite Star Wars properties because of just how they utilized Vader mm-hmm. specifically. Because obviously, there's more of Vader being at his all power here, and then, and then my favorite Star Wars character, Obi Wan, and just seeing how powerful he is. But what I do have to say. <clears throat> is what was so good about this final fight scene here between them two was that the words and the dialogue at the end were just as powerful as Mm -hmm. all those rocks, um, you know, being thrown at Vader, all those rocks being thrown at Obi-Wan, because this is the first time that Obi-Wan Kenobi admits that he is Vader, that he is not Anakin that he is Vader. And I almost, I almost cried there. Like I, there were a couple moments where I just almost busted out into tears because like this, this was, I love, I love what star Wars is doing right now. They're filling in some gaps here that just kind of like shows the emotion, not necessarily the storyline, but the emotional change of what Obi-Wan goes through. Here's a man who still believed at the end of the revenge of the Sith that he was the chosen one even though he just chopped off three of his limbs, (laughs) you know? And then here's a man who believed that he was his brother, his best friend. And then you go through this whole thing and he's like, Anakin wants me, Anakin wants me, Anakin wants me. He doesn't, you know? And then all of a sudden you get this fight and you, and you hear him say after, after actually after Hayden Christian did a phenomenal job kind of portraying this, like I, killed Anakin like Anakin Mm -hmm. you did not you did not kill Anakin I did you know and then and then Kenobi's like well so be it Vader and he calls him Vader and I was he he doesn't call him Vader though yeah he He calls him he calls him Darth Darth. Darth. yeah that's he refuses to call him father Vader yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. so I think that's a beautiful thing he refuses (laughs) to call him father right because Vader just means father in a different language but if you didn't know that uh, he refuses to say his name. Yeah. He calls him Darth because there's Darth Maul and there's other Darths, but he refuses mm-hmm. to call him Vader, which I thought was I thought was really, really just impactful because uh, yeah. he, he acknowledges that Anakin's dead and he acknowledges that, that Vader's a new person, but he won't acknowledge him, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, Darth, mm-hmm. so be it. That's who you are now. So I want to, I want to go into this little part here because cinematography, it's great. Right. And we're getting these dialogues, uh, you know, Obi-Wan slices the front breathing thing. He slices the back a little bit and then he, and then he ends up slicing off part of the helmet. Right. So they made a decision here in the drawing board and I'm so glad they made it is to double up the audio of the, of the quotes with, oh, with yeah. James Earl Jones and also Hayden. And you've got both of them speaking as one. Uh, throughout the rest of this conversation mm-hmm. and I love it I, I yeah. love it because that ties Hayden to that character in the perfect way you know you've got someone in a suit that you're like okay maybe it's Hayden maybe it's not obviously we know it is but then you get the voice acting throughout of both of the 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 original Darth and Hayden working together as one to really make this perfect and the quotes like Mike said as well are just as powerful as those boulders. They hit our hearts and we're almost tearing up because we're, we're getting Obi-Wan say, I'm sorry, you know, it's my fault, I'm a failure. And Anakin's basically saying, you didn't kill Anakin. I did. And Vader's yeah. all that's yeah. left. It's so good. So well it's done. Powerful. It's so good, yeah. Ridiculous. What and true. The, show. the damage that he did to himself mm-hmm. in the acts of evil that he has performed killed Anakin. Yep. He absolutely destroyed who Anakin was mm-hmm. in his own actions. And I, I think that's beautiful. For me, that's a callback to Harry yeah. Potter. But, like, obviously, uh, that's what I'm going to connect <laughs> it to. Uh, when Voldemort destroys his own soul through murdering, like, it's the same mm-hmm. thing, right? He he destroys himself through his acts of evil. So it also frees, and, and Obi-Wan admits this, we're both free now, right? When he's, yeah. and we're about to get to that. But, yeah, he, he says we're both free. We're free mm-hmm. now. And he's mm-hmm. free of that guilt and that shame and knowing that 
he didn't do that. He thought, you know, he's lived all a decade thinking that he killed his best friend. He's the reason mm-hmm. that Anakin is the way he is. He did all of this. Uh, and finally, he's uh, assuaged of those uh, misconceptions. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, wait, cool. I didn't do this to you. You've done it to yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, man. Uh, and then, and then, you know, there, I look at that and there's still 20 minutes left. So yeah, yeah that was like, wild. what's, what's, what's going to happen here? And so actually, uh, Obi-Wan again, back in full attune with the force, he realizes that, uh, Reva is pursuing Luke. And so he hypercharges, hyperdrives into uh, going to Tatooine. So he gets there, not necessarily in time. I don't think he would have saved him. And so that was that story was really put on uh, Riva to make that mm-hmm. critical decision to save uh, Luke. And yeah, he finally his story kind of arrives to uh, Riva's and. You know, he tells Riva that, like, hey, today is not the end. Like, you can decide to do something with this, with this, with this newfound grace and uh, mercy, he says specifically, because he does say that, like, true leadership is, is, showing mercy um to Riva. And, and Riva mm-hmm. did not realize that until now, um, because all that she has known is no mercy right like that is what that is what she saw on order 66 night that is what she strived for in this quest to find obi-wan and and to you know ultimately defeat vader as we talked about here um but that was that was a powerful scene as well that was a powerful scene yeah don't let up so during this uh transport back to Tatooine where Obi-Wan felt it and he's he's racing back with Lola uh I I was constantly questioning I was like who's gonna save Luke who's gonna save Luke you know someone's gonna come in and save Luke is Obi-Wan gonna make it in time someone on Tatooine's gonna save him and to conclude it they did it the best way physically possible I think that out of all the options of my mind making up of people showing up and helping out they You're chose totally right. I was path. like, is is Ahsoka on Tatooine yeah, for some right? reason? Or so like, is like Yoda just going to show up <laughs> randomly and just be like... I, exactly. <laughs> like the whole That's time so you're funny. questioning, like trying to think of who they're going to bring in to save Luke. Is Luke going to save himself somehow? Uh, mm. And I think that the beauty of it is they did it this way that put it all on Reva. Made it made it mm-hmm. the decision making all on Riva by herself. No one there trying to conversate her out of it. No one trying to lead her to do something. She made that decision solely by herself. She could mm-hmm. have done walked either path, and she chose this one of mercy. And I think that Disney. That's where I teared up right there because I felt that impact of making that decision without any outside force, no pun intended, mm-hmm. affecting you was perfect disney just like that's a disney moment for the decades and the years to come i feel like that moment there of the turning point of what anakin did previously she chose the opposite and i feel like that by herself was just so it was outstanding yeah. like mm-hmm. so perfect that's funny that both of you guys thought, i thought that that's what was going to happen <laughs> i i thought that she was going to have a a turn of fate and that she would choose you know to make the right choice. I never thought she'd be able to go through with killing a kid. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. They make us to, think that to she be fair, you ha- lay us in the chair. We have, we have those thoughts, but I, I do, I did think that, um, you know, if you're, if you're going to do anything, it's gotta be, it's gotta be concise storytelling. And, and the best answer to all of that was, as you said, Joe, Reva figuring it out for herself. Like, mm-hmm. Although those thoughts came into my mind, I I really did believe that you know Reva was going to ultimately make that final decision. Um, and to be honest, yeah. I'm glad they didn't bring anyone else in. I'm I'm really yeah. glad that you know a child Mando or Boba or someone someone that they could have easily thrown in Yoda, Ahsoka, anything. They didn't, and they kept it rooted to this story with the characters that were in this yeah. series from the mm-hmm. beginning. And I I really I applaud Disney for that for not. Yeah. The fan service obviously was there, and we'll get to that. But I feel like they stuck to the plan in this writing, and they didn't stray from it. And it it pays off at the end. It definitely pays off for this writing. 
Yeah. Yes, it does. All right. So uh, Kenobi does congratulate her for overcoming her past and the dark side. And then we cut to Alderaan. Alderaan. Uh, Leia is has found new resolve in her duties as a princess. Holster in hand with no blaster, um, but holster nonetheless uh, with some little cowboy space boots um, on. And um, I am a father of a daughter, so I could say that she's looking, you know, cute as Leia there, you know, just like kind of molding into super adorable. the princess. Super mm-hmm. adorable. And, uh, but yeah, we know what's really cool is that the, you know, um, let me, what's her, what's her name here? Um, I got her here. Uh, Vivian Leah Br- Lyra Br- Blair. Uh, what's really cool about her and her portrayal of Leia is that she kind she does show this like resolve at the end that like really gives you a sense that she is going to become the Leia that we know from the original trilogy. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's believable. It's a good transition. Um, <clears throat> I think that, uh, Cicero, you know, people who listen to testimony know Cicero. I was talking to Cicero about this the other day and I, I think they're definitely going to be doing a Leia series. Like there's, there's no way they don't utilize this actress, um, even more so as she grows up, like just like grows into her roles as a princess. And, um, yeah, I really, <clears throat> Really, really think that she did a phenomenal job. And Kenobi visits them, brings back Lola to uh, to Leia. He says, "No, no youngling can be without her droid." Like, come on now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so, who am I to take away your droid from you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he visits the Organas um, and says that, "Hey, if you need anything." Let me know. And basically those two lines set up season two. <laughs> you know, there's, I they mean. definitely open a door. I mean, there's a door open uh, for sure. So mm-hmm. guys, uh, do you agree with me in my assessment of Leia? Joe will go your way first. Uh, absolutely. Uh, although I don't think she needs her own show. Uh, do I think that she would do well in another role as Leia? Yes. Uh, she is, and I've said this from the beginning, uh, since episode one, when we're first introduced, I have loved her character. I've loved the actress who plays her. Uh, she's just, she does wonderful, uh, or wonderfully. And I have enjoyed her character the whole time. Uh, I think that she absolutely embodies a Carrie Fisher-esque Princess Leia by the end of the series. And when they have her, you know, gearing up, booting up, you know, so to speak, <laughs> like she, she is exactly what we expect the young princess Leia to be like. And mm-hmm. then they go the step further, uh, when Obi-Wan kneels down and has his heart to heart with her and he's like, Hey, I'm sorry. I told you I didn't know your parents. Truth is I did. And here's the qualities that they embodied. And you get these things from your mom and these things from your dad. It's everything that we know Padme to have been. Mm-hmm. And it's everything we know, all the good things Anakin to have been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're everything that we know Carrie Fisher portrayed as Princess Leia. So we know that she is yeah. now going to become the Princess Leia that we know and love. And I think they, you know, they 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 wrapped it up and put a beautiful bow on that story. And and now we can be happy. If we if we don't get anything else about Princess Leia, and this is it. We can be completely happy knowing they did it justice. Yeah. Justin, did they do it justice? Justice. <laughs> uh, I feel like uh, we we don't really need another show. Uh, we could get a season two. Obviously, Obi Wan's packing up and leaving Tatooine, uh, and Reva is unknown where she Tatooine. could go. Well, he he packed up his his bags and he's moving uh, somewhere. He's moving to to a different rock because he stays there. (laughs) I think think they opened it up for him to travel a bit. Yes, yes. I think that they opened it up to travel. I I think that he's probably on a way to to the spaceport. Uh, And season two, if it does get confirmed 100%, uh, we'll show him on adventures and eventually coming back to Tatooine uh, to revisit the role that we all saw and grew up with. But I I think that he's got a lot more to go. You know, they're not going to leave this. Uh, empty here especially with Reva and her her choices now it's kind of like almost an apprentice to Obi-Wan in a sense because uh, well, she no, I, picked him I up I think there is a rumor that there's going to be a Reva show which um, I'm fine with so. yeah I'm, I'm totally fine with that uh, I don't think we need a Lana uh, Lana 
from uh, Smallville. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't think we need uh, a show based on her. I think that, not Reva, uh, Leia. I, I think that Leia is good where she's at. I think she's going to, you know, off screen learn how to shoot and stuff that we know her from the originals. I think that she'll learn that uh, with her father's help because he's behind everything she's doing. I think that Luke is going to continue doing what he's doing. I think that Obi-Wan's getting another season and he's going to leave Tatooine. And you should be, you should like that because you don't like Tatooine very much, but. um. Well, I'll get to, (laughs) let's get into that because I'll get into my reasoning where like, yeah, there might be a season two, but like, like I think he's on Tatooine for the, for the better of it because here's, here's, here's what goes on. So he uh, does return to Tatooine. He assures Owen that he will allow Luke to grow up as a regular boy and not train him. Um, obviously, and we know that to be the case because he doesn't get trained until he's 18, basically, mm-hmm. um, in A New Hope. Yep. And uh, Owen does allow Obi-Wan to meet Luke for the first time. And that's where we get the famous, hello there. <laughs> you hello know? there. Uh, not hello there. And then, you know, he, he actually gives him the toy this time. This time he builds the toy for him so that he's like, hey, this is a toy. I'm giving it to you. And we know um, that he has that toy from A New Hope. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then let's, after find, after, after found, wow, that's a typo. After finding his inner peace, he is finally <laughs> able to see and speak to the force ghost of his deceased master, Qui-Gon Jinn, we get an old Liam Neeson to reprise his role here. Um, oh man, I was, this is another moment where I almost cried. Um, so yeah, um, but before that, we did get um, a moment of Vader talking to the Emperor. Actually, we see Palpatine um, and basically saying, hey, Kenobi is no longer my master. You are 100% my master, so I'm going to focus on you. That's basically the end of it. Um, but yeah, here's, I mean, here's what I, th- here's what I think. Like those mountains that they showed him kind of going in between to me were sort of reminiscent of, of where we see Obi-Wan come out of in a new hope when the, when their speedster is broken down. And so yep. that, that's why I think he's not moving off of Tatooine. I think he's moving there. Um, and you know, I do agree that they've written it in the, in a way that, you know, there's going to be a potential season two and, you know, he's going to be off world and stuff. And, and even in the show, uh, Star Wars rebels, he's, he's there, he's not on Tatooine all the time. Obi-Wan is other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like this was, if they don't do a season two, I think this was a, just a really good conclusion that ties it to a new hope anyway. Um, so that's kind of where I'm coming from. I think you dismissed the Vader Palpatine interaction, uh, very softly. And I think there's more to it than just he, you're my master now. Uh, Hmm. because we know it to be true that that's not the case, that there is some Anakin left, that there is still that drive and thrive to get Kenobi left. We know that there is all of this hatred and kind of animosity towards Obi-Wan. And in that scene, we get Vader lying to his master. He says, uh, if you're going to be in the past, then then that's where you remain. And Palpatine's like, are you going to move forward? And And he's trying to get him to commit to him. And we know that he says with his words, okay, sure. Yeah. You're my master now, Mm -hmm. but we also know Anakin and Anakin has never loved having a master. He has always loathed having a master. He is his own being and he does what he wants. And in that scene, we got him saying, okay, sure. I'll say what I need to say and I will appease you to Palpatine. Mm -hmm. But we also know that with his actions, he was not happy in that moment. He was not pleased. He was absolutely going to continue to want to get Kenobi. Uh, and while he kind of diverts for a you know for a time away from that, when they meet again, like in A New Hope, there's there there's almost no difference mm-hmm. between when they when they leave each other on that unnamed planet the last time they saw each other. All of that hatred, all of that, you know, the loathing between the two of them. Obi-Wan doesn't have any of it, but 
Vader has held on to all of it since their last yeah. meeting, since Mustafar. And I think that that's a big, like that to me, that was a big part of the story, right? Is like in the end, Vader was never fully Vader. He was still a little bit Anakin. Anakin mm-hmm. had never fully died. He had never, you know, he didn't die. He was still in there somewhere. And so in the end, he was his own man and he made a choice to do what he wanted. Uh, all the way into, you know, Return of the Jedi. So I thought yeah. that that was impactful. More more so than just, you know, he's, yeah, you're my master now. I'll I'll push back on that a little bit. I don't know exactly if it was a lie because like... I mean, as far as as far as a new hope is concerned, you know, he does specifically say in that movie, you know, this is this is a force that I have not felt in a long time. So, like, mm-hmm. I I don't know if he's necessarily on the Kenobi hunt for the rest of the time that we're talking here up until a new hope. But oh, I don't think that I do, they interact ever again until. A new hope. Yeah, I mean, I do. I do know that he probably has some resolve, at least that. Emperor Palpatine, you are my master. Um, and I don't know if that was necessarily 100% just a lie. Maybe there, maybe it was a half-truth or something, but... Yeah, um, I don't think he know. ever gave up on Kenobi, is all I'm saying. I think that always yeah. present in his mind was that Kenobi's still out there. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, you're not going to forget somebody who has chopped off three of your limbs <laughs> and almost chopped your face in half, but you thankfully had a helmet on. You're not going to forget that guy. Uh, but sorry, Justin, uh, thoughts <laughs> on what we're talking uh, about here? <laughs> I, I see, like, I'm going to push back on you, Mike. I, I feel like the last thing he says to Owen is, you know, Luke doesn't need me. He has you guys. And he's he's going off into the distance. I feel like the Vader conversation with um with the Emperor is phenomenal, and it, it shows that there is uh that anger still there for Obi Wan, and there always will be. Uh, he's failed not once but twice uh, on the big screen, pretty much. Uh, and he doesn't like that failure. He doesn't live with that failure. He only wants to be one hundred percent. You know, with his with his plan, he wants to win every single time. That's what Anakin has always been. He he doesn't like having a master. That's true. Uh, I feel like this really leads into maybe they don't meet each other again, but he's still searching for him regardless to what he tells the Emperor. I feel like all the way up until A New Hope, he's going to be doing that. I feel like uh, the next season might not have them interact. It might have another Sith interact with them, hopefully Darth Maul. Uh, and I, I, I really believe that it's going to be off planet if they do continue it i think reva will show up i think that uh you know anything anything's possible with the characters that have open book endings right now you know we had a conclusion to the climax of this saga of darth and and obi-wan but i feel like there's still those doors that were opened now and we can still get those you know like you said he's different places in rebels that's true darth maul's in rebels uh and the first time they meet in Rebels, it seems like they've talked not since, you know, well, since the first episode, pretty much. It seems like they've met already and and Darth Vader's been, or not Darth Vader, Darth Maul has been looking for him in the desert. That's like the quote, you're, you're in the desert. Um, so maybe he does stick around Tatooine until Unknown Forces. You know, uh, what, do you, what do you guys think? Who's going to be the villain if they make a season two? Because uh, it's not going to be Darth Vader, most likely. Who do you guys think it is? I'm going to take a prediction little thing. I'm on board for Darth mm-hmm. Maul. Okay. I, I mean, I would say that could likely be Darth Maul. Um, mm-hmm. It could also be the Grand Inquisitor. I mean, the Grand Inquisitor is a part of Rebels um, mm-hmm. and, you know, a part of that lore and Obi-Wan's around there. So, yeah, I don't I don't know where they would go with the season two. Um, I... I do hope there would be more Qui-Gon as in the sense of like, oh, of you know, some uh, some force training and stuff like that, because obviously Obi-Wan has to learn how to become a force ghost because mm-hmm. he's going to be doing it in 10 years. So he's going to um, be accepting yeah. death soon. I have a big and question. To, do yeah. You guys think and there'll be before you before Yoda? you. In, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Do you think there'll be interaction with Yoda? Because at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith, we have oh, I've been speaking to your old master. Do you think that that's where he's taught how to have a better 
understanding and how he's taught to become a force ghost? Do you think there's some some yeah. Dagobah trips? Well, he said that uh, he was able to use the voice, but he wasn't able to project yet. So he's obviously Qui-Gon has been talking with Yoda uh, mm-hmm. for sure. I, I think a name drop could happen. I doubt they would bring the character back because he's out on Dagobah. But uh, I feel Why like you uh, say that's so weird. It's uh, a uh, weird Al song. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but but, uh, but yeah, I think that Yoda could get a name drop, possibly a show up, a comeuppance. Uh, that would yeah. be cool. Uh, definitely more Qui-Gon talking to Obi-Wan for sure. That's 100 percent if it does happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I feel like if Maul comes into play, that will happen tenfold. I feel like there will be a lot of force training and, and where I went wrong, but you can succeed again. Uh, <laughs> that would, that would be really cool to see. Uh, I just hope that they yeah. keep it grounded to the characters that are, that we have and not try to bring in like Boba did with Mando. I don't want that. I, I want it to stay with what it's, what, what the book ends is in that saga. I want them to keep yeah. it with Obi-Wan. Well, and, and to that point though, Justin, is that I know we're talking about a potential season two, but this is a, this is a tight and succinct story. Like, oh, yeah. It, yes. Yeah. They it, let it either I mean, way, like, either way, pretty much. They, if, they could, if, if there they is not a season two, I, I almost think there's more potential for shoot off series than there is a proper season two. And then maybe just Obi-Wan shows up randomly in, in other places. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I'm more so leaning to because I do, I do also think that they don't necessarily want to step on, you know, star Wars rebels and its toes because, you know, there, there is those Canon storylines already that are, that are there in the timeline. So yeah, I would I would more so lean offshoot series like with maybe Riva, even Leia, like I mentioned, um, or or maybe even um, <laughs> I forgot his name again, but uh, Jackson's character, um, mm-hmm. you know, and the path, like uh, yeah, Roken, like maybe even exploring a little bit more of what this path is. So I mean, I think there's some potential for more offshoot series versus a proper season two. But I also know that Disney just had their best subscription stuff from this series Mm -hmm. um, as far as money wise. So McGregor can bring in a lot of subscriptions. Um, So, yes. uh, Well, we've got we've got uh, Ewan and uh, Christensen saying that they're down. They want to continue the roles uh, and to see Darth again. Maybe as the master of mm-hmm. Darth Maul, maybe I don't, I don't know. It could, it could yeah, happen. But you, Ew- Ewan is definitely down for a season mm-hmm. two, uh, and I wouldn't see why not. This he's doing a great job and he's having fun doing it. You know, after how for many sure. years the the family's back together, and that's what we yeah. all want. You know. Um, all right. Well, that has been our review of part six of Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series. That was the series slash season finale. Who knows? Um, But listeners, uh, we are actually in the process of rewriting and uh, changing our review system in the sense of numbers. So for now, we're just going to give you a number. um, And I think we've pretty much landed on if we go five out of five, it's basically essential, must watch, must play. I think that's kind of where we landed on, but we'll let you know the official uh, stuff. So um, Joe, out of five, what are you giving this? Five. The The series as a whole deserves a five in my opinion uh and i'm not going to give any point to any things uh sure i could i could ding it here and there for a couple things but as far as what you should be doing right now is watching that if you haven't watched it watch it if you've already watched it why not rewatch it i think it's rewatchable uh i will yeah. rewatch this uh so i'm giving a five out of five because not only did i enjoy the first run through but i am going to rewatch this <laughs> And I will enjoy it just as much the second time, maybe more because there's going to be things that I didn't see and that I get to see the next time. So yeah. five, five of five. All right, Justin. I'm going to give it a six out of five. No, we can't do that. <laughs> a five out of five. Uh, throughout the entire series, we've we've sat high high fours up to five uh, on each episode individually. I think Deborah Chow did an amazing job 
And I've seen each episode multiple times, and I can tell you, Joe, it is just as good, if not better, the second time and the third times that I've seen a few of them. I feel like these episodes hold up well individually as well as a whole um, six-episode watch. And I, I feel like this is the kind of Disney Plus action and shows that make fans happy. Do it right the first time mm -hmm. and don't look back because this is one of the best Disney Plus shows I've ever watched. And that's just in the Star Wars universe and the Marvel combined. So yeah. you've got this show running with the train wheels off the entire time <laughs> and you're enjoying everything you're watching. Uh, definitely watch it. Six out of five, five out of six. Put, what are you doing? Put down your stuff. Go watch it. Yeah. yeah. Right now. Pause <laughs> pause this video. Go. Hopefully, hopefully you you didn't just watch this and haven't seen the show. But uh yes, I agree with my uh partners here. Six out of six out of six. Wow, I am doing the infinity bros. Six thing. out of five. Uh five out of five. Uh yeah. This was this is must watch. It is essential. If you are a Star Wars fan, you need to be watching this. Um even this finale, I would give a five out of five on its own, but like mm -hmm. the whole series just is elevated. Um, like Justin said, above a five that I'm just, I'm just so happy. I'm so joy filled, um, that Star Wars is back in a very meaningful and awesome way in my life. Um, in the sense that Mando season one and two just were awesome. And then you got Obi-Wan Kenobi book of Boba Fett was enjoyable, but like the, you know, this is my bread and butter. And I'm hoping that a lot of the stuff that, um, is coming from Disney plus hits just as good. Um, McGregor and Christensen, they did an amazing job. I'm so glad that they reprised their roles. And then all of these other uh, characters that came along for the ride, thank you so much for uh, what an experience. Thank you guys so much for uh, just doing this series. It was it was a blessing. I know Disney Plus is listening, so that's why I'm thanking. I'll even admit anyway. Hayden did a great job. <laughs> there you Whoa. go. Oh, yep, Mark that on the calendar. <laughs> all right. Well, that has been our review of Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 6. If you have not seen the rest of our reviews, go ahead and check those out. If you have not seen the series, you heard it here first. It is a must-watch. Um, so, yeah, you can follow us at WhatTheFunPod on all social media platforms. If you are watching us on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button. But most importantly, if you're listening to us right now, Right now on a podcasting platform, please leave a review. It's going to help us out the best way possible, and we would really appreciate it. And thank you in advance. For Joe, for Justin, my name is Mike. This has been What the Fun Show, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. What's up, everybody? Hello there, and welcome to What the... Oh, I'm going to start over. <laughs> Dang it. I had it, and then I lost it. What? <laughs> All right. Oh, that's what's going on. Hold up. In. Two seconds. No, Two seconds. All right. All right. Okay. Hello there. Okay. I'm going to do another three, two, one, go. A what? <laughs> Perfect. And I'm going to do it better this time. Are we going to do a clap or are we, <clears throat> we just doing a clap? All right, ready? Three, three, two, one, go. <laughs> coming, <Nice>. in, <laughs> coming in from Mike's backyard. One, two, three. <laughs> Hello there. All right. <laughs> Okay, this isn't a droid, Obi-Wan. <laughs> Hello there. Hello there. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one, go. Go. go.